Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. to WWE Raw, challenging any and everyone for that WWE NXT Women's Championship simply because, well, Rhea Ripley had to return home to Australia because her work visa expired. And not only that, but I don't really know if there's any woman on the roster that can beat Charlotte Flair. Wait, Bianca Belair. Which is interesting because wouldn't that mean Bianca Belair would return to NXT? Or would you know? They're all returning to live taping, but... But... I don't know what that means for the rest of the women on the roster that have to face Charlotte Flair. But moving forward, folks, you know, I do have... Oh, a whole list of what happened on WWE Raw because I, I was listening to the background while preparing the show. Also watched some of it. So let's see here. Not only did AJ Styles return, but uh, goodness, MVP you know opened up the show with VIP Lounge. He attempted to, what, goodness, welcome Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Asuka. Okay. So, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with this assessment that the segment ended with, you know, very strong emotion. I'm glad. Samoa Joe's on commentary, thank the Lord. It's a lot more variety than just Byron Saxon and Tom Phillips, thank God. Uh, anyways, AJ Styles, he came out, right? Surprise, surprise. He'd been out for so long since WrestleMania 36. Um, he beat Humberto Carrillo versus whatever. So... Lashley was dominating, but then he got overconfident, and then, you know, 
had himself disqualified, so that took him away from Money in the Bank, thank God. Titus O'Neil and Akira Tozawa. Okay, so Titus O'Neil. Wow, I haven't... My goodness, I must have fallen asleep during the first half of Raw because I have not seen Titus in forever, and he's an awesome dude. Uh, let's see here. So AJ won via the calf crusher. I remember that. And after the win, AJ Styles says, I got buried, so what? I admit it. I understand it. I don't know if that's kind of like a symbolic thing. That he's like, well, I may have been buried, but I'm still going to Money in the Bank, and I'm going to make history. Started mentioning Aleister Black's name, and then Mysterio said, if I have to throw him off the top of headquarters, so be it. And then, let's see here, Seth Rollins took part in the interview, so they're still doing interviews and whatnot. And then he laid out, yeah, Seth laid out his history about what he's accomplished and what he's done, so he's really pulling off the Messiah gimmick, and it's going quite well. But then Murphy was interviewed, so this is great. Uh, he's... Is learn to develop one day may be as good or better than Rollins. Okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I actually, and the reason why I mentioned that in a kind of a sarcastic way is that Buddy Murphy, I've seen since his days in NXT in 2013, 2014, or whatever the fuck, may have been even 2015, but the point is I've seen his work. It depends on what Buddy Murphy shows up. So, well, you know, he's he's with Seth Rollins right now. Enhanced his character, made him better. So there you go. Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne versus Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. So, <clears throat> oh, you know what? <laughs> I forgot to mention. Wait a minute while I contact... I know. But, you know, it's not that big of a deal because I already am in mid-show. That's kind of funny you mentioned that. So, <laughs> I get it. No, completely, I do. Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne. And... Getting a message, you and that's funny because I'm getting messages right now on Instagram. But Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne, they beat Ricochet and Cedric. That that's not usual for Ricochet to be on quite the losing streak. You know, as he's been back so far, I don't know what's gonna go down. Whether he's gonna stay or or leave, but I do, you know, want to welcome back someone. From Southgate, Michigan, she's going to be calling in just fairly soon. I know you guys have been asking, where's your co-host? What's been up? But so far, we've already reviewed three quarters of WWE Raw, and we will get into AEW and what's going on with them and why they're falling for certain traps that were laid out for them. And it's not even WWE, it's themselves. I will get to that later, sir. Uh-huh. For sure, dude. It's it's not a big deal. 
No, I'm not hating on them. I'm just telling you this is my observation of their company. It's only been around since 2018, and yeah, you want to talk about shots fired. Both companies have fired shots at each other, subtle jabs, you know, and then they've been cool about, like, some people, the smart thing to do is let a company come in, do their thing, be competition, and then you start seeing exactly how they're going to fare. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a minute, you know, back from sabbatical, and she's doing the best she can to bring you guys her take on professional wrestling. One of the women co-hosts, lovely lady co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back my partner in crime uh, from Southgate, Michigan. One of the co-hosts with the flair and with the spark. Lady Lynn. Hey, D-Train, what's happening? Glad to be back. Well, you know, Lady Lynn, I'm glad you are back because um, we, the two of us, before Off the Rails Uncensored, which is in 25 minutes, I've already been discussing what's been going on WWE Raw, a touch of some of the stuff that fans have been asking us on Instagram about AEW, but first, first things first, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, has returned to the scene as part of a gauntlet match on tonight's edition of WWE Raw, and he actually, you know, you take your opportunity, that's why the show reads, when opportunity knocks, had to take it, it doesn't matter how he got the victory, dude, I'm <laughs> I love how the Instagram's starting to blow up so late. I know you guys, some of the stuff, some of the shit's been open in the United States, so you guys are still listening? That's cool. All right, awesome. So, anyways, as I was saying, so the Phenomenal One returned. Charlotte, for some reason, is constantly showing up on rosters. We get it. The shows are depleted with talent, so she does need to show up. I understand. But please don't call her worthless. That's kind of mean, dude. She is a flare. <laughs> God, man. We're getting the dose of mean folk on Instagram tonight. So if you have any comments, questions, concerns, go to wrestle underscore radio. You can message us any questions. It doesn't matter what they are, but you will get – I mean, I'm going to call you out on that one, man. I'm not a big fan of Charlotte's, but I do know that – Part of the reason why she's showing up on shows is because three-quarters of the roster is not from the United States, and it's very difficult to find talent on the fly. And that's why she faced Liv Morgan tonight, I'm guessing. I'm not a part of creative. I'm not a booker. I'm not Vince, which I don't know if he's still with the company yet, and I don't know if he's selling it to ESPN. All I'm telling you is... Charlotte Flair is definitely not worthless, despite the fact that, you know, you have your opinion. I have mine. Lady Lynn has hers. That's very mean. And that's also kind of, that's not kind of degrading. That is degrading. I mean, she worked really hard through NXT, which, you know, a lot of these women came from. So we've got returns. We've got appearances. McIntyre looked really good tonight. 
And um, like I said earlier in the show, so let's catch you up, Lady Lynn. We, I, <clears throat> let's see here. So MVP opened up the show with Asuka and Nia Jax. This shows I've seen seriously. It's starting to turn into Piper's pit by accident. <laughs> Maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing. No, but it's kind of funny. His lounge has turned into a, as good old Jr. would say on AEW. Quote me saying this, and he probably doesn't give a damn. But. Um, MVP's lounge, as of the moment, has turned into Pier 6 Brawls. Okay, then. And that's, you know, I you know, finally, the women getting involved in the story, and I don't know if Hunter's taken over, but so far the booking hasn't been terrible. But actually, you know what? Gauntlet matches have certain folk written all over it. And it's not just one writer that's booking these. They're booking this shit. Almighty gauntlet matches. Okay, so Lashley, Carrillo, Titus O'Neil, Titus World Slide. <laughs> that is never going to get old, B-Train. Never, ever, ever. I was... I was half awake, you know, like Lady Lynn and my. We were half awake during that whole Royal Rumble in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, okay? It was the world's greatest rumble, more like the world's greatest boar fest. All right? If there's over like 50 men or any women included in a rumble, I don't care. It could be 50 people, you know, with one leg. I would be bored to fucking tears. Up until. Titus slid under the ring, and not just under through the ring. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, I I can't, I, I can't. I lose it like Corey Graves lost it when that happened. I was laughing so hard, folks. I spit out my water, and then when I drank more water. I spit that out because I was I was like, man, I had to go to the bathroom of my own house in Brooklyn. My roommates thought I was nuts. They said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm fixing a divot. What's it look like I'm doing? <laughs> 90s quote, Space Jam is an awesome movie. Not sure how I feel yeah. about the second one, however. I don't know, folks. LeBron is no Michael. And despite, you know, hard times and this bullshit going on right now, I still would not, and this is aside from pro wrestling talk, you can think what you think of uh, MJ. He, he didn't, okay, the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James is that Michael Jordan had a supporting cast. I can actually name some off for you. Tony Kukoc, Dennis Rodman. Now, there's a lot of Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah, I can even name the coach, too. Some of you may be surprised. Phil Jackson, okay? And the reason why I can say that Michael Jordan had a team 
surrounding him is because he did. And you can't debate me on that. LeBron had who? When he won his championship, who did he have? I can't think of anyone. I really cannot think of anyone. Uh, even in Cleveland, you know, did he win a championship in Cleveland? No, he went to Miami. So did, <clears throat> let's see here, 91, 92, 93, 96, 97, and 98. That was the best years for the NBA, in, in my opinion, okay? And the reason why I say that is because there's just so many. Okay, Jerry Reinsdorf, yeah. I, I knew a fan was going to message me about that. But the point is, you can't debate all those surrounding talents, you know, and say that LeBron James is going to be a better person or better suited for the role in Space Jam. Just, no, just fuck off if you're going to think that, please, because when we were growing, Lady Lynn and I grew up, Space Jam was the shit. And... Yes, I'm talking about an animated film that's first of its kind, animated mix with real world, and never had been done before. The fact that, okay, they said that Bugs Bunny was going to be sitting in a chair talking about uh, being rehabilitated. Thank you, LeBron James, for being his inspiration. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh Uh-uh. Gonna bring what this. have like, they beyond... done to our childhood? Not a clue, but they're starting. Jumanji wasn't bad, folks. <laughs> Jumanji was not bad. Next level, and you know the first one before that. Yeah, yes, it was missing Robin Williams, and I was a skeptic myself. But that one, yeah, you can touch. Please do not touch Matilda, Miss Doubtfire, or any other film that we grew up watching. That's just a preference because I can say when I, I can say something because I've I have lived through Terminator and the revamps of those. I have lived through the revamp of RoboCop, Dread, and Rocky for the umpteenth time because there's never ending story in Rocky for some fucking reason. Um, yes, I will get back to professional wrestling. Is your name Todd? Okay, Todd, where are you from? You want to call in? You're more than welcome to call in. Lady Lynn and I will welcome guests, actually, at this point. You don't want to call in. Well, actually, you're 16. What are you doing up so late, man? Oh, we're listening to our shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Where are you from? You're from Denver, Colorado. Okay, cool. Right, moving on, folks, back to professional wrestling. Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Didn't really care for that much. It was a big upset, yes. I agree, because I never see or pictured Ricochet to lose. I mean, before he was, you know, he's such on a roll uh, when he first arrived on uh, WWE Raw. And then they started, found out that he stuck his finger up his butt. No joke. And that <laughs> And they're like, look, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, folks. I'm not making this shit up. They found porn of him on Pornhub and whatever because shit leaks and people are assholes. Okay, that that's 
I'm not going to get into it in further details. Here's the match that finally made sense, folks. And finally booked shit to make me feel like I believe in WWE Raw again. The Viking Raiders and the Street Profits. Now, this was a very good back and forth match. It's a bit sloppy at points, you know, but that's from a worker's perspective. So, hmm. the Street Profits on a non title match because you don't want to. They just now hold the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships for a while because they were the NXT Tag Team Champions before they got called up to Maine, and I think it was way too soon. That's just, in my opinion, it was way too soon to call them up because I think they should have developed a little bit more in NXT, made them a little bit stronger. They're like, well, maybe they should have turned heel. That's not the fucking answer, folks, to everything in wrestling. I mean, I'm getting a lot of, oh, believe me, I've had hate messages before, but I'm getting a lot of messages now about every single thing that's been mentioned on the show prior to this. So anyways, the Viking Raiders did something that I believe makes total sense. Not to take anything away from Dawkins or, you know, Montez Ford, like NFL players' names for real, they do. Those names sound like they belong on the NFL team. Okay, and the Viking Raiders with the Viking experience, and they said they have mad respect for the Street Profits, but they've always, you know, been able to maintain their ability to get. When the fog cleared, they've been able to get, maintain or keep hold of the smoke. Which, you know, is kind of an odd way when they're interviewed backstage by Charlie Caruso. But, dear Lord, if that money in the bank, they have a tag team championship ladder match. My money is on the Viking Raiders because there's no... They've always had more skill than the Street Profits. The Street Profits have always been entertaining. Believe me. But the Viking Raiders, that's like the new Legion of Doom. For me. Because they're so dominant. No one ever wants to face them. And the odds are not stacked in their favor. But for them to lose to the Street Profits would make me go, okay, who's booking this shit? You know, for example. Anyways, so Drew McIntyre was interviewed backstage. Um, let's see here, blah, 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 he said, you know, it may be nice for his Murphy to say shit about his Messiah, but I guess, you know, if we want to make this come true, we're going to have to make a sacrifice, <laughs> I, I love that when he said that, and then Aleister Black cut a promo saying, I wonder how it felt to be buried six feet deep and be swallowed by a bunch of darkness. I love how they're cutting loose. Yeah, I I like the fact that Raw... I, I'm surprised I'm saying this. In some aspects, yeah, they still need work. And I'm glad that Lashley did not win the qualifying gauntlet match, thank the Lord. Thank God. Oh, I... Mm-mm. They finally trying to... I wonder who's booking this shit. Because if that were, I mean, I love, 
don't get me wrong, folks. Vince is a nice person. But when it comes to booking creative stuff, he was way out of touch with the audience. Just saying. Just saying. He is like the Al Davis, or was like the Al Davis of WWE. I don't know if he's still there. I don't know if he came back because of the failure of XFL doing this, you know, this whole COVID-19 bullshit. But, um, okay, then Rey Mysterio cut a promo. So they're still cutting a lot of promos, which, okay, I get it. WWE Raw is three hours long, and they need to fill time slots because they're still owing money, and they're losing a lot of money. Then Charlotte Flair cut a promo. Holy fuck. What? And then she was... She was eventually cut off by Liv Morgan, and then was set up like a sacrificial lamb, like everyone to Charlotte. Here I come, here I come. I'm gonna get my, <laughs> I'm gonna do my best Lewis Black impersonation. And this is not to be mean to Charlotte Flair by any means, but I'm the greatest fucker here, and you sniveling shits would kneel before me. Ah, 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 ah. I think most <laughs> women would laugh their ass off if they heard that. But it's true. Oh, it's damn true. Every fucking person that comes up against Charlotte Flair seems to fucking fail. It didn't matter if it was Asuka again, because Lord only knows the booking team would be like, oh no, she's losing. What the hell, dude? Want to make her out to be a dominant champion? We get it. Can she lose every once in a great while? Not like a losing streak, but maybe... An upset victory, maybe Bianca Belair. Is that what you guys are trying to do? I don't know. Usually when I joke around, Lady Lynn has experience with this. Wouldn't it be funny if Bianca Belair cashed in her Money in the Bank briefcase opportunity for the women's match and beat Charlotte Flair? Huh. Go figure, right? (laughs) Stranger things have happened, B-Train, but then again... When you make predictions like this, more often than not, <laughs> they do come true. Kind of has to make me I wonder don't... if they can't read into your thoughts somehow. This... It's funny. Oh, it'd be real funny if Gargano was the man behind the attack of Aleister Black. Came true. <laughs> I wonder if Candace is ever going to fucking turn heel. Maybe she'll maybe she'll help or aid Gargano at the end of the fucking match. I didn't know how she was gonna do it, folks. But in the empty arena match, Tommaso Ciampa, Gargano, Candice kicks Gargano in the balls, but Gargano is wearing a cup the whole time. So then she kicks Ciampa, where the sun don't shine. I did say, in a joking matter, a long time ago, maybe she'll help him. Maybe they'll finally be the heel turn couple. Uh, two prediction weeks later. Like I said, I don't read any dirt sheets. I just have a feel for this shit. I don't intentionally say, well, this is what so-and-so said from this website. No, fuck that shit. We are a different breed of weird on this podcast, okay? <laughs> they haven't figured that out by <sighs> now. Then... They must not have been listening for very long. Exactly. McIntyre beat Murphy. I <laughs> Never did I picture I'd be saying those two names. No offense, man. I love you both. 
<clears throat> well, actually, that's a lie. I don't like Buddy Murphy for. Uh, and that's because, folks, I don't like him in the professional thing. Now, he's a nice dude. But like Vince, I don't really have a fond or fondness of Buddy Murphy because, uh, much like the people that have been called up to this main roster because of the depleted sense, because I believe the Forgotten Sons would have stayed on NXT, but as the opportunity knocks, hey, you might as well take it. So, this is hilarious. So, Seth Rollins has been watching in the background, and then the Glasgow Kiss headbutt. Okay. And then Murphy tried to steal McIntyre's 3-2-1 count. Go figure. Claymore kick. And then... So... Rollins tried to attack McIntyre week before, which, by the way, folks, if you can't find WWE cards in stores, you can order them on the shop. It will cost shipping, but it's only six ninety nine, and they do have a payment plan in place called Klarna. I've used it. Lady Lynn has used it. Um, you can get your WWE shop cards, you know, like the uh, preloaded card, which means you get three months. And your first month is free if you're a new subscriber. They are still doing that deal. By the way, folks, WWE is not going out of business. For those of you messaging me this shit about AEW and then falling for traps. And the reason why I'm going to skip ahead to AEW. You cannot just file a claim for something and then be like, hey, I claimed it. Cody Rhodes wanted to use Bash at the Beach. For a live show. Now I know, okay, look. Like I said, Cody's not a bad dude. It's just some of the professional decisions that he's made. Like, you're going to take jabs. You're going to be real. You're going to be, I'd rather have someone let loose. And I'm one of those guys that loves it when people let the other companies that they used to work for have it. Because speaking from experience, that happened to me four years ago, folks. And I will tell you right here, right now, I'm not falling for that trap because if I, as soon as I start talking about my old company, as soon as I start mentioning who I used to work for after the fucking fact that they already let me go because they, my services will no longer be required, that's different. You know, a lot of people were like, well, Cody got released. He deserves an opportunity. Yeah, he made his presence known after the fucking fact that he left WWE. However, there seems to be an underlying issue here when he constantly bashes Triple H and everyone that was affiliated with WWE, but the only fucking funny thing is you're aligning yourself with the people you used to work with. Arn Anderson, your brother, Jake Hager, Dean Malenko, who used to be an agent in WWE, Billy Gunn, who used to be an agent in WWE. You think that it's not oversaturated, Cody. Here's the thing. <laughs> Britt Baker, a failed experiment in NXT because Jessica Carr, Aubrey Edwards, 
who has her own fucking t-shirt. Unbeknownst to me, why she has one, I don't give a fuck. But you guys want to be a unique brand? You already are. You guys want to be a unique wrestling company? You already are. You already have an artiste, Kenny Omega. Chris Jericho, who's like the king of cutting promo. But like any good wrestling promo, I'm about to tear you down. Because I already built you up. And I know Lady Lynn and myself partook in watching professional wrestling. Apparently, we have a caller who's listening in on the show. And I don't know, you know, if this gentleman or lady wants to add input, but I'm about to just be curious here. You know, you can listen, but before Off the Rails and Censored, which is in three minutes, I'd like to be curious as to who this is. Hello? Okay, that was very odd. Someone that just was weird. That was very awkward. It was a bunch of knowing folks. But, you know, like I said, my show, anything and everything is happening. You know, anything and everything can happen. Sorry, my English is not that great at this late hour at 104 in the fucking morning. <laughs> but, uh, O-R-O. Hmm, where have I heard that before? Hmm. Could it possibly be Sunny? No, 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 it can't be Sunny. She's just been released from prison. So, <clears throat> it was funny. I don't know who the fuck did that, but it was a 205 area code. And I can actually give out your phone number so everyone can call you and say that you have a porn addiction. Okay. That's very funny because I'm about to do so. Let me let me just see here. Who's my call list? I can actually check your phone number, but I'm not going to do so. So, as I was saying, I can build you up. I can tear you down. Why? Because it's my God-given right? No, it's because I'm sick and tired of hearing crying from Cody, from Dustin, who believes that this whole lockdown experience... There's nothing but a, a way socialists can exploit their belief system. It has nothing to do with socialism, dude. It has something to do with the fact that there is an actual virus going around and it's infecting people. They're like, some people are saying it's a, an attachment from the flu, but I'm not going to get into that, but that's Dustin Rhodes for you. Nice dude, but, you know... Outlook and opinion, not so grand, okay? And for Cody to be complaining that I filed an injunction, why am I getting sued to talk about Pettyville? Dude, I'm about to say the same thing that I said last on last week's show. Shut the fuck up and just wrestle. You are a great dude. Can you please do the wrestling world a favor and focus on your own shit? Quit worrying about what Hunter and them are doing. Because if you get me started on a rant, I don't think I'm going to let go of the gas. I'm not going to let my foot off the fucking gas. So now, thank you for giving me fuel to add to the metaphorical fire. 
You want to talk about Pettyville, Jeff? You're fucking petty too, dude, for sitting there being an immature child about this whole incident. Yeah, you got Tony Khan, who's a billionaire, but does he know shit about the business? Probably not. And I, what, I'm going to love telling you this, man. The company he probably grew up watching was not WWE. It was WCW, which allows me to segue into the show. If you are not, if you are homeschooling your child and you're letting them listen to my shit. Oh, boy. This, this podcast is for, it's for mature audiences only, 18 and under. Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast. And for those of you going back to work, guess what? My lawyer is ready, and if you have used Off the Rails Uncensored as a phrase or likeness thereof, you will be getting sued, and you will be putting $45 into my pocket for every use of the word Off the Rails Uncensored. Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted podcast with coin phrase Off the Rails Uncensored on an episode of Wrestle Radio Network on March 7th, 2016. If you have any questions, Seek out my lawyer, Sarah Recker. For more information, visit the Wrestle Radio Network on WrestleRadio forward slash Facebook dot com or look at the following information on the Instagram on Wrestle underscore radio. All right, folks. <clears throat> the following content is not suitable for minors under the age of eighteen. If you are listening to this show, parental discretion is advised. So Buckle up, fuckers, because I got 22 minutes to give you my honest feel about AEW and the traps that they are falling for. And some may think I'm crazy, which, you know, that's already a fucking given. I'm not the loose cannon, but I sure as hell want hell of a fucking firecracker. And you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of my tracks, Jack. It my music. In life, he just wants to be heard. Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone. In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know him, but fuck him, he knows the code. <sighs> Sigh. I mean, I didn't think that I'd have to rant about AEW, even though I've been doing so in the past. But you know what? If people really want to get under my skin, it's complaining about. How, you know, so-and-so did them wrong and doing, you know, nothing, absolutely nothing about it. And then on top of that fact, you have a referee who is more over than some of your workers. And the funny thing is, people are like, oh, Darby Owen should be champion. The fucker barely wears a wave. Uh-huh. So he's the answer to Finn Balor? Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> to quote Bianca Belair, girl... Uh-uh. You don't even go here. It's just unreal. 
Like how I I'm just I'm just starting to wonder. How much longer will AEW so January first, twenty nineteen is when AEW began, right? And it started with the visionaries. So in Jacksonville, right? That's where AEW began their shit. No, Chris Jericho and them started a vision of all elites, you know, because from Ring of Honor, him, Cody, and various other folk, and Tony Khan, billionaire Tony Khan, came together to start a company which would rival WWE, which has not been done for very often. And some of you are saying, well, it's a fucking work, you're falling for it. I hear that a lot. But when people start mentioning personal ventures about Triple H and Vince and how we're not supposed to break the fourth wall, every fucking promo is a shot at WWE. Can you guys please understand why I'm beginning to show more respect for Chris Jericho than Cody? Here's the deal. Cody's a great dude, and you all wonder why he never got a push. It's because at that time, folks, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose were playing past the fucking title, like a peace pipe. And some may say, well, that's a subtle jab at WWE. Some may say, well, it's predictable, it's all this and that. I'm not going to fucking change your minds about how WWE has failed on a massive level sometimes on main roster. And those most of the time, shut the fuck up. None of us know what goes through the minds of Michael Hayes and, and, you know, the other folk that are part of creative and that can include more than one name. But I will tell you, from experience of listening to people who gripe about companies who do them wrong, I don't fucking get you. I'm already over the fact that the company, the Amigo, it was a fucking blessing. There are some people that need to get over themselves when it comes to griping about who did them wrong. And Cody is one of them. I say it before and I'll say it again. You have people in their company that can barely fuck work, and some of them actually can. I'll give credit where credit's due. Orange Cassidy is one entertaining fellow, but boy, does he suck balls. You guys want to latch on to a company that barely has done anything, I'm not favoring WWE either because their main roster needs to step it up, and they have. They've actually tried to improve upon their product because it was so out of touch with the audience for God knows how long. I even, folks, at one point stopped watching WWE from 2008 to 2009 because it was that fucking... It was terrible before CM Punk came. It was absolutely horrid. NXT was not even a thing. And they, you know, they finally resurfaced them and to redid everything in 2013 and it took off. You had guys coming in like Sami Zayn, Robert Roode, uh, The Revival. Fuck The Revival, you know. Sorry, it's kind of a. 
second reaction, or no, not it's a knee jerk. There you go. It's a knee jerk reaction, folks. When I mentioned that team, um, you had the Vaudevillains. Just had a shit ton of people coming in and out of WWE or into WWE. And I get it, you know, <clears throat> Cody was one of those names that really was synonymous because his father. I think if Cody was to go back, it would be through NXT. I don't think he'll ever come back. But, you know, for a guy that's as talented as he is to be bitching about, well, I already claimed this name and talk about Pettyville. They're going to drag him down the lawsuit. You have to make sure that you follow through with the file, you know, when you're filing a claim. You can't just say, oh, well, I own the rights to it. Dude, are you that fucking clueless? They own WCW. They outright own the rights to every single likeness thereof because they bought them out after a certain year in time. Well, they're like, well, they're losing money. We should, you know, stake claim to it. You guys are <laughs> just watch when this shit goes back to live air. They're like, well, AEW is going to dominate when they have audiences again. We all don't know when that is. And to be honest with you folks, like I. I love the fact that there's competition, but I don't like the way that they're going about it. You guys have... They have interesting characters like Marco Stunt, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Joey Janela. I know some of these dudes, you know, from Wrestling Revolver. I've seen Marco Stunt in, in Revolver. I have seen Lance Archer in Revolver. I have seen Jake Hager in Revolver. Think about it. I've seen some of these guys also in NWA and also Impact Wrestling. And the problem is there's way too many cooks in the fucking kitchen trying to run AEW, which is one of the it's one of the traps that a lot of wrestling companies fall for is when you have too many people trying to book shit, when you have too many people trying to organize stuff. He you know, Cody Rhodes is the vice president of AEW. He obviously he obviously has a business acumen. You steal from you steal something from your prior work, right? In wrestling, and then you make it your own. Well, when you get too distracted, and you get too distracted about who did you wrong, why they did you wrong, and how you want to come across saying that someone's pettyville, and yet you're mentioning in subtle jabs on every one of your shows on Dynamite how oh, you know, we're breaking the fourth wall and, hi, you know, we can do this on our show. We can say this. I'm surprised the SCC hasn't knocked down AEW's door and said, do not say the word shit, prick, asshole, fucker. You're, you know, you can say that shit, but it's got to be bleeped. Why? I don't care if you fucking cuss. Look at me. I'm dropping F-bombs and saying bitch and shit and damn it and all this shit. They don't bleep my ass because I'm not on live fucking air on TV. There's a difference between a podcast and an actual show that's being shown to kids. And they're like, well, it's not targeting kids. We're not PG. I get that. Believe me. But when you throw it around like, oh, hi, you know, we can curse. Oh, what are you in the sixth grade? Oh, we got away with saying shit. He, he, he. Like, that's how it feels to me when I'm watching AEW, is, look, we can say curse words. Look, we can make fun of Vince and the boys because, 
we're better than WCW once was. This coming from the people that their father was in WCW, and their father was into you know involved intricately with the beginnings of NXT. Okay, so when they said our you know we'd make our father proud of AEW, it did bring tears to my eyes because those two have been through a lot. Cody and Dustin have. But what pisses me off is that they're very successful dudes. They're just not, as one person would say, they're not focusing on their own shit. And in order to be successful, you've got to focus on your own shit. Quit worrying about what the other company is doing. Does it give you ratings? Sure, because you're the new shiny toy that everyone wants to be around and see and Wants to do well. You've got to understand something, folks. I'm not bashing them. I'm letting them have it because I'm sick and fucking tired of turning on AEW Dynamite and hearing the words, oh, well, we're not like this company. We're not some company that wishes them the best of luck in their endeavors. Fuck you. Because what happens when you get oversaturated with talent? Let me think on which company did that years ago before they fell down, before they fell on hard times. Hmm. WCW, anyone? ECW? They all tried the same thing, guys, and you guys are about to fall into those traps where you already are. So it sounds like Bret Hart 2.0. Why? Because you both worked for WWE. Did you have a screw job? Probably not. But my thoughts on someone that bitches and gripes about the same thing, it's like beating a dead horse. You constantly complain about what Triple H did to you. Man, let me tell you something. You want to be a champion? Great. You're a great champion. You're a great champion in Ring of Honor. You were, you know, you're selling out. You sold out Madison Square Garden, which was great. I was there. I was there for the Supercard. Uh, it was kind of odd to see Enzo and Cass in that arena, but let me just tell you, why can't you focus on your own shit? And and that'd be the smart thing to do when you see that Triple H congratulated you on beating him in ratings. He congratulated you. And not only that, you know, it wasn't, you know, a fuck you congratulations. It was smart because then you still, Cody still went and dissed. And it's like, okay, well, I can, you know, I shook your hand. Now you're going to smack me in the face. Fine. We'll play that war. Even though, you know, Dream is going through his controversy with the whole sending naked pics to minors thing. And yeah, I threw that in there, folks, because you got to be aware of what's going on. Yes, the company is going to try and hide shit from you because it's a kid-friendly company. Let me explain something to you all. I don't sugarcoat shit for anyone. And I really, the only reason why I'm getting heavy on ranting on Cody's bullshit is because here's the thing, man. We're not all perfect in this business. We suffer in professional wrestling. We don't see our families for a while. 
and that includes referees, managers, booking staff, creative, producers, agents, what have you. So I don't fucking get why he has to complain. I borrowed suit. You want to use it for a show? Boy, did you hit your noggin way too hard with all them gig- with all that gigging going on, dude? Did someone blade you way too hard digging into the brain? Because people are going to be like, well, that's disrespectful. You have no clue what's going on in the business. He has more money than you. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I know he has more money than me. I know that he's on a bigger platform than moi, obviously because I run a podcast, obviously because all this shit's going down. But let me explain something to you. You can be having all the money, all the glory, all the fame, but if you don't have a brain in professional wrestling, if Bobby the Brain Heenan was alive, he'd probably say, well, I you know, commend him for what he's doing, but he's going to... Cody's going to fall flat on his face, and Triple H is seldom wrong on certain things. But when he said at Hall of Fame, I give them five years, they won't even last the past five years, I do not see that, you know, as a... Actually, I do see that as a foreseeable future. Because if you constantly complain, you file suits, but you don't follow through. You have all these people on the roster. How are you going to showcase them? In dark matches? Are you going to have a show about, you know, dedicated to dark matches, man? There's a lot of holes in this plan. Because at one point, you had Eric Bischoff say... So Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, I'm going to drive Vince out of business. I don't think you'll be able to do that with Hunter. They're like, you know, yes, CM Punk said a long time ago, it's probably going to be run by his dupest son-in-law and his daughter, and they're going to drive the company into the ground. He was saying that out of spite because his contract was up, folks. That promo was not written. That was just straight from him doing what I'm doing right now. You want to talk? Fine. Talk is cheap. But you better fucking find a way to back shit up. If people will always complain about their job and they never do anything to move forward in the company, guess what? Your ass is going to stay put. It's never going to move forward. Ever. You guys want to call into my show and play porn? That's that's funny, but I'll still move forward, and I will still make – how do I put this? I will still present a show to an audience, which still fucking listens, by the way, because we have over 5,000 people all times and listens. And second of all, the reasons why people call into my show, some of them wrestlers, some of them non-wrestlers, is because I speak the truth and also not that, but I speak fact. So – the one thing I'm not fluent in in what Cody is doing right now, and I'm going to call you out, my friend, is you are a good wrestler. Why are you worried about what Hunter does? And if you two are communicating and say, hey, let's do this, let's do that, fine. The joke's on me. But I am telling you, if you start focusing on shit that's not related to you anymore. You're no longer part of that company. So why do you care? 
it's just it bogs my mind. You know, you come from a great family of professional wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. God rest your soul, my man. It's just, I want to point out to you right now, folks, that AEW has talent. There's no question about it. But the way that they handle themselves professionally is ill-advised because I and Lady Lynn have seen this dance before. When uh, when WCW got bought out by AOL, when Vince Russo became a part of creative, that was part of the reason why. But when names started going to other companies like Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, Jericho, when every big name out of the hat started leaving, then you had left was the NWO. You had NWO, you had Jeff Jarrett, you had Bret Hart, you had Goldberg still there. And then you had David Arquette win the championship. That, when you have a celebrity win a championship, though, that's a slap in the face to every single wrestler, every single worker that has ever graced, you know, the company. And some may say, well, it may have been a good business venture. No, no. Am I saying that AEW will do that? I can see it happening because they have people that no one's ever heard of. Unless you're a wrestling fan, you would not know who Kenny Omega was. You know who Chris Jericho is. Some people are like, I used to. Was he, you know, part of WCW, something like that? That's how the conversation goes down the streets in New York. You ask them, okay, well, well, I remember The Rock and Stone Cold and Mick Foley. WWE has an edge in that, you know, they have a network. AEW does not. AEW has the where people pay 50 bucks just to see their, you know, their wrestling matches. Do I really want Do I really want to pay $50 to see a bunch of wrestlers whom I do not know? I do know who Cody Rhodes is. I do know who Guevara is, MJF. I know of their roster, and I've seen them work. So, yes, I can make comments, my friend. That's interesting that people try to keep commenting on how WWE is predictable. That's your main go-to? Really? So that's your main go-to is that they're predictable. Every, Every bit of professional wrestling is predictable in some aspects. Some of it's not. Because if it were predictable, would we all, some of y'all read the dirt sheets? I know you do. I know you do. And that takes, that's like going to a magic show when you're a kid and saying, hmm, I know every single trick that the magician is going to do. And I'm not, you know, I'm, that'd be like one of them smart ass kids that knows everything. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I feel that AEW has got that fan base. You, you, and I'm going to touch base with this. Aubrey Edwards is a talented official, but to have your own merchandise, get the fuck out of here. Referees are not supposed to have merchandise with them. How's that a written rule? Are referees supposed to be more over than wrestlers? Hmm. Let me think on that. No. And if she, you know wants to start making comments on Twitter and Instagram, then let her, because it's her right. However, I'm not saying 
that she can't have that right and the ability to sell merchandise. But the fuck? You're telling me that an official is selling merchandise. Hmm. Well, somebody's going to make money somehow. So are you actually paying her or... No, that's not fair. You know, because Jessica Carr in WWE, does she have merchandise? No. Does she have a Twitter account? Probably. Then some people tell me, well, you know, she has her own chant and this, that, the other. I don't give two flying fucks about the referee. I mean, honestly, they're there to count. They're there to foresee the match, and they're there to just referee. They are not there to be a public official or, you know, a superstar. If that's what you want her to be, make her a wrestler then. Make her a worker. If she's that over, that's my other thing. I'm never – I have – Ooh, I've been holding back on off the rails. and I just realized if I'm going to let loose, I'm going to let loose. For those of you who watch AEW, ooh um, like I said, you can watch whatever the fuck you want to watch. I'm not going to stop you. And I'm not one to sit there and be like, okay, you can't watch this, you can't watch it. No. Watch whatever the hell you want to watch. But just be fair warned. If they keep, if they, as in AEW's, higher up talent decide to do what they're doing it's not going to end well it is not going to end well at all and like I said I wouldn't be ranting if I didn't care because I know that Cody deep down wants to move on but there's some part of him that needs some clarity like dude you are success why do you need to do this bullshit like, well, we need time. So you need expert time in getting the marks to react to, oh, well, he said something about Hunter. He broke his. Yeah. You want to talk about someone who struck first blood? When someone sticks uh, or takes a sledgehammer to a replica WrestleMania Triple H chair. I'm sorry. Cody's a skinny bastard. No. Darby Allen is. Omega. Very talented dude who wrestled in Japan had a wonderful match with Chris Jericho a couple years ago, actually three years ago, at Wrestle Kingdom. I remember these things, folks, because I said on the moniker or the actual emblem of Wrestle Radio Network, we, a professional wrestling podcast, talk anything and everything professional wrestling. Not that these guys don't have talent. Well, some of them do not. Let's see here. Hmm. Private party. Let's see here. Jurassic Express. There's just so much old school elements about AEW. It's cool, but also annoying. Like saying the time limit before every match. This match is 17 minutes. And th- There's some fans that like that because they're like, oh, so-and-so's going to win. Oh, I was completely not expecting it. Get the fuck out of here. I I love fans that sit there and say AEW is pure wrestling. You said the same shit about Impact Wrestling. You know what you guys remind me of? Chiefs fans. I knew they were going to win the whole time. Is bullshit one word or two? Because these people fall under the same category of, oh, I knew that AEW was better than WWE. 
I got news flashes for all of you. Both companies are failing on a massive level in certain areas. You know why? Because they don't have an audience, and it's very difficult. But even without an audience, Cody Rhodes is making a fool out of himself in some regards. He's like, well, stick it to WWE. No, because if you try sticking it to a company that's been around for 70-plus years, you are going to fail on a massive level. Is it a bias that I'm in favor of WWE? Mm. <laughs> you might want to listen to a few of my shows before you make your judgments, man. That's all I'm going to tell you because I have lashed out at them too. And you think I show them mercy? Think again. I I have not been on this terrible of a rant in a while. But when you act like petulant children trying to solve one simple problem of a you know right to a name, you're going to use it for a fucking show? Why why not use it for a pay-per-view? When we can get sued. You want to use it for a show. You see the problem and conundrum in that? You're using it for a show. Hmm. I wonder why WWE took notice of that. That is a pay-per-view, dumbass. Yeah, that's a pay-per-view. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to use on a regular live taping for AEW Dynamite, you're going to use it for a show? Oh, come on, man. I, a God rest Dusty's soul, but boy, you got inherited some of his bad habits. Thankfully, you guys don't do Dusty finishes, which means... Guy thinks he's won the title, and then at the end there's a there's a dusty you know dusty finish, which means the guy at the end, you know the the champion retains because of some weird rule or whatever. Please don't fall for that. Please, guys, you guys are great dudes, and you're obviously doing fine for yourselves, making money off of revenue from pro wrestling tees. But you're genius when it comes to not really. Using a title of a show that's owned. The trademark is owned by WWE. I bought it because you have to buy things, folks, in the U.S. or anywhere to get rights to something. Cody claimed that he filed an injuncture, you know, to get back uh, Bash at the Beach. Well, obviously the claim wasn't filed all the way through because now WWE is suing it or, you know, contesting it, like your speeding ticket, if you will, for the right. No, it's for the fact that you're using it, and it's a non-pay-per-view. Hunter would have been fine with it and said, okay, we're not using it. You can use it as a pay-per-view, man. But you're using it as a fucking live show. That's dumb as fuck. And I love people trying to defend them and say, well, there's a new company, WWE hasn't done anything. Really? Really? You want to touch base with what main roster hasn't done? They've actually improved some of their stuff, man. And I haven't watched some of it, but I can just tell you from reading it, I'm impressed that their promos actually coincide with the fucking show. AEW has had a promo that was like, we don't do promos, so why did you have Matt Hardy do a 22-minute fucking promo on your show, and you guys don't think I know the inner lingo of a show? Hmm, I used to be a professional wrestling manager. I used to sit in the back 
and listen to the bullshit unfold from promoters who didn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So, so to me, when you say stuff that I don't know what I'm talking about, boy, you just lit a fucking fuse. Don't want to go and open that can of worms, folks. No, you don't. And I could, I could sit here and rant for a whole nother hour, but I'm going to wrap things up and say there are certain people that need to grow up in this wrestling business, and Cody, my man, Hunter, not going to include you guys, but actually... <laughs> If this is one big work, jokes on all of us, and this is to get ratings, if this is to get your company going, great. You fooled all of us. But I don't think so, folks, when it comes to Dustin complaining about socialism, it's a way to exploit socialism even further for the lockdown. And then you have Cody whining and complaining about, well, talking about going to Pettyville, blah, blah, blah. Pettyville. You want to talk petty. It's petty when people on a professional level cannot handle their shit, so they have to go to social media and then say, talk about Pettyville. And then, you know, he talks about how The Undertaker and him had a conversation. This is totally outside of this whole matter. But I, I find it hilarious how all of a sudden The Undertaker's name gets mentioned in a press conference, and it was nothing bad from Cody. But still, you're mentioning shit from your past. What in the fuck, man? If I moved on from coming out of the closet in eighth grade, and that's totally different from professional wrestling, but it took years for me to finally get the clarity that I needed, I moved on, man, because if I sit there and feel stuck, and I'm never going to move on, I'm just going to be bitter. I'm going to be a bitter little fucker. And if you want to sit there and be bitter about what Hunter did to you, how he never gave you the opportunity, you've turned it into something beautiful in Ring of Honor. Why can't you do the same shit now? Flip that switch or die trying, man, because everyone who has come across competition in WWE in the past when we were all kids, look what happened. They have been immortalized because people remember them. They, you know, Eric Bischoff took subtle jabs at Vince and then back in the day, and boy, did it not pay off. Uh, I can recall them saying, well, this is going to be the results of their show. Are you going to fall for that trap too? I know you're not that stupid. And I know that you're not. If you think you're going to drive WWE out of business, that is the trap that people have fallen through. Oh, and by the way, your merchandise, man, is really close to Triple H's cross. And also, Chris, I love you to death, man, but <clears throat> Motley Crew, the design of your T-shirt looks like Motley Crew. I hope to God you're friends with them and their uh, T-shirt designers. The merchandise and everything can be coinciding, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't say Triple H on the front of it. It doesn't have any trademarks on it. But, boy, the design is sure as hell the same on Sean Spears' shirt. Looks like the cross looks like very close to Triple H's King of Kings shirts. And if you guys had any brains in you, quit fucking tacking on, well, this is a company that doesn't wish them the best of luck in their endeavors. 
that's the kiss of death, dude. Falling for the same traps that WCW and ECW fell for. And that was, we're going to drive them out of business, man. We're going to be on top of that mountain. <laughs> good luck with that. And, if, and I'm going to finish up by saying, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails has to say, and I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, well, you call me whatever you want, but don't you dare call this lady crazy. All right, folks, you know, I got works in the morning, and Lady Lynn has to sleep, and we all have to sleep. So, toodles, bitches. Hope you enjoyed because I know I did, and for those of you listening in the UK, everyone opening back up, please be safe. Practice your social distancing guidelines. This is a public service network announcement from Russell Radio Network so that we can all get out of the shutdown and travel and have a good time again at wrestling shows. We ask that you practice your social distancing in stores six feet apart. Make sure you bring gloves. It doesn't matter if they're latex, what have you. Make sure that you are wearing the proper protective equipment. If you have N95 masks, great. Be sure to thank your medical professionals. That includes ICU nurses, nurses, emergency specialists, first responders, um, police, everyone. So thank you, firemen, those of you responding to all, all the crazy we at Wrestle Radio Network would like to say thank you and um, good night. <clears throat> so toodles, bitches, for real this time. Dig it. <laughs> Personality, the cultural personality.